You're listening to Great Minds Don't Think Alike with Christian Tsitsubis, Daniel Amendola, and Julia Pillai, and me, Alex Darling. Today we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics. We'll be talking about the making and maintaining friends. We'll be talking about autism terminology. As well as this, we'll be talking about whether or not autism is a disability or not. You can like us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash greatmindsonsyn. And you can also follow us on Twitter at greatmindssyn. We also podcast all of our shows, uh, plus special features such as full interviews, through our SYN webpage, which is www.syn.org.au slash slash show slash great minds don't think alike um, all lowercase separated by hyphens um, so we're going to be talking about making and keeping friends so Christian we'll start off with you how did you find making friends um, as you grew up um, well, when I got to a certain point, I actually found the making friends part very, very easy because I mean, different people have different experience with this. With this, but my, um, in my experience, making friends just sort of involved telling other people about yourself, which meant that it was very diff- easy to make conversation because you didn't know each other. So there was, you know, you could talk about your interests, your life, your hobbies. Everything was new, so it was very easy to find things to talk about. After the conversation ran dry in terms of the whole oh, get to know you thing, that was when the maintaining friends part um, I found quite challenging because I felt the, the constant pressure to sort of keep it cool and keep it fresh and keep it funny and keep up with the jokes and um, keep making people laugh. And that sort of meant that I acted in very strange ways. I kind of became this completely different person because I thought that's the person I needed to be in order to keep them as friends. But ironically, that often meant that they, I would lose them <laughs> as friends. <laughs> um, so it's a bit of a sad cycle that I'm now out of. But yeah, throughout primary school, that was sort of the dynamic that was happening. Yeah, and the, and the cycle is so much more difficult when you're young isn't mm. it? Because, mm. like, the, the things which friendships are predicated on when you're at that age are so fickle, <laughs> like, in retrospect. Like, what Facebook mm. would have you believe that friends can be established with the click of a button and... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And also things like, oh, how attractive are you? Oh, what what sort of... How good are you at sports sort of thing? Oh, well, I was hopeless with that, yeah. so there was no question of me making mm. friends by sports. It can definitely be difficult because it's, it's separated into interests, essentially, mm. and if if you're not a good at the things that people value in mm. in that sense, it can be very hard for you to make friends, I think. Like, I was mm. never a sporty person. I didn't really listen to the same kind of music. And mm. I don't know that might have made it a bit more difficult. But, yeah, absolutely, making friends gets easier as you get older. Yeah, mm. definitely. Mm. I found, um, did you guys find that, like, when you started in um, tertiary education, that it became much easier to have to make friends? Like, I definitely found oh, that. A- absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I mean, I've managed to maintain a lot of my friends from TAFE. I didn't maintain a lot of them from high school. I've gone mm. my separate ways with a lot of them. Um, you know, obviously, um, tertiary education, it's a much, much bigger pool of friends to choose from. Whereas in high school, it's sort of like we're stuck with I'm stuck with this group of people for six years. I might as well make I have to make do with some of these mm. people as friends um, or else it's just going to be a painful six years. Um, but then, yeah, the, the friendships do get tested as soon as you're out of there and as soon as you're uh, don't have that constant contact every week. Yeah. Yes, and mm. and th- I found that when I went when I went on my one year reunion, yes, mm. I found that after being separated from them for a year, mm. I don't relate to them anymore. <laughs> and yeah, I, I met. I came to find they really weren't genuine. They were kind mm. of, in a way, you could say they were condescending when when like when when they saw you for the first time for a long time, like they'd, they'd give me this, "Hey, it's Danny boy. How's the how are things cracking?" And it's like, yeah. Did they talk to you like that before, or was it? Oh just... yes, yeah, Some some of them did, but I thought it was genuine. But oh, okay. then after high school, I realised it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think definitely finding like 
like people being genuine friends as well is definitely a, a difficult thing, particularly for people on the spectrum. Like, mm. I mean, my school used to be single sex and um, thankfully they've gone co-ed. Um, mm. But like definitely girls and their cliques really mm. just does not work with the way... Um, you know, people who are on the spectrum generally socialise. I think mm. people on the spectrum are more of a, I'll find a couple of good friends. They might not know each other in a friendship circle or anything. Mm. Whereas definitely the culture at lots of um, single sex schools are, oh, let's all be friends in a circle and make sure we all know each other, spend mm. every single lunch or recess together. Mm. So mm. I, 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 would, I would just hang out with different people every, all the time. Yes, yeah, same. same. Or if, and if I wasn't hanging out with someone, I'd just be pacing up and down the school and living in my own mind. Yeah, ex- exactly the same. Like um, all of my early primary school years, that's pretty mm. much all I did. I had my one quiet spot that nobody went to. I'd just mm. pace up and down. Um, on the outside, it just looked like this weird kid who was dancing endlessly. Yes. Um, but, you know, if they were, if they could see what I was imagining in my head, I mm. think they would have been quite uh, engaged. Mm. Um, It'll be interesting. I, <laughs> yeah. I kind of started off like that, but... Mm. Um, then, then I, I found this group of other guys who were... I, I wouldn't say that they were similarly similarly introverted as I was at that point, but they were also quite um, quite uh, disparaging of the whole scene where like, there were these huge groups of friends sort of things. And mm. so I started hanging with them and there was just no pressure to do like anything. Like the misfit to group oh, would yeah. always be mm. the, the mm. good group. Although you, you wouldn't want to even refer to them as misfits. Oh, uh, true. Was... Mm. Well, to, to me... To me, uh, whenever someone whenever someone asked me how I was, I I would never return the question. I'd immediately start telling them facts because that's that's all I knew at that point. That's mm. to me a conversation was just me telling people facts. Oh, so I yes, can totally relate to that. Absolutely. Mm. Yes, like yeah, I, I'd sometimes just go o- over to people randomly and tell them facts, or or if they're walking by, walking past that, I'd tell I'd tell them a fact, mm. which yeah gave me a weird reputation. So at that point, I think I was just seen as likably eccentric, but no <laughs> one knows anything about this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could say. and I never really like. I, I, trouble with me is I never really got the hints that people kind of wanted to, you know, move the conversation away from. Let's let's say it was Walt Disney. So like I was spouting spouting all these facts about the making of Snow White, and someone was saying, oh, "You'd be a cool person to have on a trivia team." You know, you'd really yeah. be slaying. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, funny, well, funny, if funny. If only like friendships yes. and popularity was about, he would be good at. It trivia team like that would yeah. be like that should be what it is about mm. <laughs> well actually like to, to some extent people notice like oh he's, he's going to be good to you know for help with his with um english homework or with maths mm. homework or something like that or mm. you know like a good person to have in your group project or whatever so mm. yeah like in, with the classroom stuff it kind of happened but yeah outside um i my interests weren't that valued and i suppose until later in life i suppose that kind of brings us back quite neatly to uh, the the benefits of tertiary education to making mm. friends because mm. you're in an environment where Everyone there has similar interests to you for mm. the simple fact they're doing the course that you are. Mm. Yeah, so straight yeah. away there, there's a bit a bit of extra mileage you can get out of those mm. kinds of facts or your area of special interest, essentially. And yeah. well, it, it'll be easier to also keep the friends afterwards because you'll still well, unless they defer or decide <laughs> to leave the course, you'll still mm. have that same level of interest together, which can be quite relieving after the difficulties mm. of a high school. And also, mm. like, if your um, course is more of a vocational course, probably, um, you know, once you guys enter the workforce, you guys will be doing the similar jobs as well. So, like, mm. if you're all journalists, you know, you'll all be doing journalism, probably see each other, like, in the mm. press gallery or something. 
Well, hopefully unemployment can um, be nice to our friendships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's always that extra factor, but yeah. I, mean, I, I think there is still a, a huge value in having um, in being friends with someone who has very different interests. Like not not mm. completely different, as in there's no common ground between you because that just gets, gets mm. awkward. But you know, if you have like one interest that's the same and other interests that are completely opposite, you have the opportunity to both learn a lot from the other person and also mm. share a lot. Oh, so. I. Don't have much in common with my girlfriend, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Opposites attract, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, you could say. You could say in many ways. Well, that's always a really good thing, I guess. Mm. Well, it seems unconventional, and it takes getting used to. So. Well, I suppose also it opens you up to a whole lot of different mm. characteristics that you know how to better mm. handle them when you experience yeah. them with someone else. On, so. yeah. mm. Also, you don't want to feel like you're dating yourself. No. Definitely not. I don't love myself that much to begin with. So So another thing that I noticed definitely is that people who are on the spectrum are are a bit more open to um, making friends in different age groups. Did you guys Mm. find Mm. that? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I felt like when I was particularly in my teenage years, I found that I could very much more easily get along with um, people like almost of my parents' friends' age because, mm, like, yeah. there was there was less judgment coming from them. They t- they tend to be like a bit more patient, mm. and that mm. was that was quite comforting to have when like you could spend a whole day at school and not know what to talk to people about. Exactly. I mean, when I was um, in high school, um, when I was in Year Seven, I would always hang out with some Year Tens who were like mature and. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I also had a friend who was really really younger. It turned out I was kind of like her buddy, like a sort of quasi. You know how they usually have the buddy mm. systems. So it was kind of oh, yeah. just it just happened. She like came up to me and said, "Oh, I'm your friend now." And turns out she was on the spectrum. So oh. that was a really cool thing. Um, yeah, kind of like I was being a mentor, which was a really good experience. And then when I was in around at around um year 11 um i'd go to sin and there was more people who were a bit older like in uni but mm. i still managed to have a lot of friends my own age as well mm. Mm. well brought the year after i finished high school most of my friends were yeah decades older than me and i mean that very literally Mm. So, yeah, because, I mean, I joined the Savoy Opera Company the, the year after high school and most of the people there, the age the age range for people there can go from teenage years right up to people in their 70s or even their 80s. But mm. most of the people there are, are in their 40s or 50s. So, wow. Mm. But you, you were friends with them based on a common interest rather than a common age. Yes, which exactly. makes Which makes much more mm. sense from a practical mm. perspective. And, yeah, yeah, and even when I was in high school, I did... When I was in year seven, I did actually hang out with older year levels, and when I was in year twelve, I did hang out with younger year levels too. Yeah, I had a lot of friends who were about a year below me as well, and because mm. um, I was tech captain last year, I had lots of people who were that age, year eight, and mm. like I got to work with them a lot with tech, so mm. I became friends with them as well. Oh yeah, mm. like all of the extracurricular stuff is really great for like mixing yeah, different year definitely. levels. Yeah, definitely. Um, but just uh, sort of more on what, what you were saying, um, Alex, about um, making, well, I suppose Alex and, and Daniel, making, making friends with adults. Um, I, I really think, I think back to um, like when, when, I had a, when I had the French exchange student that, I was, that stayed with me and then I stayed with him and his family. And um, on the, we were put to, we, we were matched together as exchange students because on paper we, we, we should have gotten along really well and we got along really well as pen pals um, when we were sort of just sharing information about ourselves. But when it came to face-to-face actually striking conversations it was very awkward but i did get along very very well with his parents um because they were much more obviously much more mature than than he was and much more patient and accepting and we just had more common interests they were just much much easier to talk to they kind of you know they 
uh, he didn't really have the look if I'm being really honest he didn't really have the attention span to hold a conversation that went for very long or you know mm. he, he was just like he, he was two years younger than me and he was kind of uh, sort of in a way immature for his age even so mm. um, yeah it's 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 funny that sometimes when you develop a friendship with um mm. with the parents of uh, like of someone your own age even if it's does does anyone did anyone else find that they like you sort of had your separate relationship or you could almost call it friendship with the friends of uh, with the parents of friends who were who were your own age mm, not I never really met like, the parents of my friends really yeah to okay. be honest I mean you mentioned about exchange students yeah before well I mean when I when I went on a European choir tour I think in year yeah it was year 11 mm. I remember I, I stayed with a I stayed with a, a family in Germany. Now I don't speak German, mm. yet I've managed to fit right in pretty pretty perfectly. I, I got on yeah. with everyone there, hmm. even though I didn't even though I didn't speak German. Uh, most of them spoke spoke English well enough. To, yet I yet I still I still kept 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 in contact with them, and I managed to get on with everyone pretty easily. Mm. Mm. Yes, the yes, and I'll never forget the time when the, the youngest one in the family uh, tried to introduce me. Sorry, tried to introduce himself as the sister of of the the girl that that brought me that brought me into the house. She picked me up from the station, but of course he was a boy. Mm. But he was he was still his English wasn't very good, oh. so he thought, yeah, he didn't yeah. realize. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he said sister, oh. but he meant to say brother, and I embarrassed him when I corrected him. Oh, <laughs> oh that's cool. Anyway, bit... um, <laughs> another thing is when people assume that if you're Aspie or autistic or whatever you want to call yourself yeah. and then if the other person is Aspie or autistic or whatever <laughs> then therefore you guys must be friends like I know we're all friendly here together but yeah. but mm. like the the idea that autistic people must be friends with autistic people and no. they'll just get on like that absolutely not no no autism is not enough to sustain a friendship like it just you're not going to be friends just by virtue of the fact that you're both autistic it's just not enough there needs to be more that you know more um, more that you have in common more that you share more more that works well there than just just the autism Mm. Um, and it's, it's not just because it's a broad spectrum. It's just because autism, autism is one of many, many factors that uh, that makes a friendship that makes or breaks a friendship. It's such a weird concept too, because obviously people are linking autism with like a shared characteristic. Mm. But if that shared characteristic is, in the case of autism, like um, slightly lowered social skills, mm. how do they think the friendship is going to last? Two people just sitting next to each other, not talking. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't doesn't quite stack it, up. It can yeah. it can work. If- I mean, a friendship isn't all about conversations. It, it it's a little more complicated than that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, but I, mean, I think I think that kind of or oh, oh, all people with autism must be friends kind of no. doesn't take that in consideration at all. No, yeah. exactly. Like I've got a lot of friends who happen to be autistic, mm. but I'm not friends with them because they're autistic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, which is the you know no. the thing that most people mm. don't realise. It's like oh, you can only make friends with your own kind. You know, birds of a feather no. flock together. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's that's what mm. caught that. I mean. I mean, we're not a race, but that that is what <laughs> yeah. that is what causes things like national barriers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and this kind of idea kind of does treat autistic people as a race. Like mm. it does actually. Like um, which which is the exact opposite way of which mm. is is productive for us to be seen by other mm. like people in the rest of the community. Yeah, so. well, this is oh, well, this actually kind of goes into terminology, which we'll be speaking about later. But um, this this is something uh, like a, a young man who was on the who was on the spectrum um said one time about a, a video that was stereotypically representing Asperger's. He called it racist. And of course, you know, Asperger's... perhaps? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I, I knew what he meant, yeah. Um, it's not a race. But but I, I could kind of see what he was getting at. Like, we, we should take that 
kind of uh, discrimination as seriously as most people take racism. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And of course, it's it's weird because if if you if you were to look at someone like me, you wouldn't think, or or even Alex, you wouldn't think that other of us belong to any minority that gets discriminated against. Because well, because you're all cis white men. Yes, yes. Oh. What? Yeah, two white men with anglo with anglicised features. You've got you you're, you're not part of any discrimination, oh. but that's. I think everyone is in, in, mm. in some way. You yeah. don't have to look yeah. ethnic or be female. I guess it's the burden of first impressions, though, because, mm. as you say, looking at Daniel or me or even you, Christian and Julia, mm. you, you wouldn't mm. think that there's anything inherently We're all different going about to, us. You know, it's, it's, when you, it's when you speak to us, that sort of first impression thing, that mm. it, might, it might become a bit apparent, but yeah. then at, at the same time, it, it shouldn't be that hard to look beyond that. Exactly. From there. Quickly, um, so we're talking just before about the uh, the assumption that uh, autistic people must be friends of other autistic people. Hmm. Um, what have you have you guys ever found? You know, you've been friends with someone hmm. who isn't on the spectrum, is not autistic, but they have a couple of autistic traits. Yes. Yeah. Yes, actually, that I have. I have personally, at least. Like the the person I dated before my my current girlfriend, she had no diagnosis of any kind, and I don't think she was on the spectrum. But but we were able to. She, I don't know the way I, the way I got on with her was not how I'd normally expect to get on with someone who's not on the spectrum. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it, what it was though. Completely, mm. it might have been the might have been the way we conversed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I find that when um when I can like recognise certain um certain autistic or Aspergian traits. Uh, within other people who um, obviously you can't ask them straight up, do you have this? That that can be quite embarrassing. But oh, yes. when when you can kind of guess, I find that I have uh, a bit more empathy for them, and therefore I find it a bit easier to speak to them for that reason. Kind of try and make more of an effort because mm. I I know how it feels to be to be isolated as a result of those characteristics. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I think I had a friend who like it was really really superficial kind of stuff. But kind of, you know, she was really into maths and science, so that's kind of the stereotypical Aspie stuff. Well, she, I mean, she wasn't Aspie or anything, but it was kind of like, here I am, I'm really unstereotypical, unstereotypical, but I'm Aspie. Then here's my non-autistic friend who fits all the Aspie stereotypes, <laughs> <laughs> but is wow. on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have um, like a, a lot of my a lot of my younger cousins. Um, kind of, I think the best way to put this is that they kind of remind um, myself of me when I was that age, to the point where like I can have really really good conversations with them and relate um, to them really really well. But I don't know if that means that they're autistic. It could it, it could it could just mean you know they they they're, they're a little bit different, or you know like sometimes it means they're just very mature for their age and they're very intelligent. But that doesn't automatically um, flag autism. It just could just mean you have a very special, special, uh, very, very <laughs> gifted child there. You don't always have to like you know, say, oh, that's because they have Asperger's. Mm. Um, it's, it's certainly worth looking into, but um, yeah, it's perfectly possible to get along with someone who just has a few traits, but not actually the whole official diagnosed condition. Mm. It's interesting mm. how you, you uh, emphasized the word special there before, yeah. Christian, given our next topic is terminology <laughs> yes. relating to uh, people on the autism mm. spectrum. Special. It, it has pat- a bit of a stigma <sighs> around the word, Look, doesn't what, it? What, yeah, unfortunately, I think it's become a bit patronizing now. Yes. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's euphemistic. It's like, and euphemism ex- expire because it's just become so obvious what they're trying to cover up. Like, you know, special, mm. meaning, oh, you know, basically meaning, you know, weird, inferior, but yeah, it's Even even special. when it began, it was kind of diplomatic, like mm. special in another <laughs> sense of the word can also denote someone who has 
like really good or really inspiring qualities. Mm. So just mm. just to use the same kind of word, they're kind of completely erases any sort of uh, concept that you might be somehow disparaging it, towards mm. the, the other kind of person that specialists is used to refer to. It's become yeah. kind of meaningless. And mm. and not only that, uh, what was I going to say? Some, peop- some people use it and then contradict themselves right after, like saying, you're special just like everyone else. Yes. So yeah. special isn't special. <laughs> yes, oh, you are. Really nice. bizarre. You mm. are abnormally normal. You are. Yeah. What, what else yeah. are we going sense. to talk about in terms well, of Well, we're going to talk a bit about um, disability as, as mm. a terminology. Mm. So classifying autism as a disability or not to I, do I, so. I don't have as harsh a take on that as, as a lot of a, a lot of people at, at say the I can network mm. because uh, I guess it is it is a disability in the sense that it's 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 the minority way of being and therefore and therefore if if you're an Aspie in a world that's been that's been pretty much made first and foremost for non-Aspies, well, then mm. it is a disability in that sense. Yeah. So you're talking about, like, the social model. The social model, it's yeah. All, it's a transactional... Yeah. Know, it's all contextual. Yeah. Like, no disability... Te- well, yeah, in a way, in a way, we've made it into a disability. It it technically shouldn't be, mm. but we have made it into one, and so I think it's yeah. fair to, to refer to it, and plus there are disabling things about it. I mean, I definitely think... I mean, like, the autism spectrum is basically a logistical nightmare mm. in the sense <laughs> that you have a spectrum where mm. there are people who are completely nonverbal and, you know, have major difficulties and could also have another disability, mm. like, such as impaired cognitive Mm. Um, stuff as well. I mean, I think it's really unfair to say to people who, you know, have serious difficulties, oh, no, you're not disabled. Mm. Um, because, mm. like, okay, this person can't speak. They're disabled. Yes. And that's, that's not a bad thing. And I, mm. I'm, I, have, I, have a, I have an issue with people saying, no, autism is not a disability to the point, like, in any circumstance, like, <sighs> not a disability in any mm. circumstance, because yeah. it just furthers the stigma against disability. Yes. And, mm. well, I mean, someone, someone who can't talk, <clears throat> Now that wouldn't be a disability if people, if if everyone, if everyone knew ha- had body language down to a T. Because mm. like, if we could all communicate, say, through sign language or body language, then yes, being nonverbal wouldn't <coughs> be a disability. But mm. it is because mm. most people, most people will interact through their mouths. Or if, or if every single person who is nonverbal has a means to communicate, such as mm. a um, a keyboard. Um, a lot of nonverbal autistic people have keyboards to um mm. to to use which unfortunately just sometimes they aren't able to get not just be, not mm. like because of finances mm. and so on but even mm. with a keyboard it's still harder like if everyone on the planet knew sign language then that would be pretty easy it would mm. but at the same time i mean personally i have a bit of a catch 22 when it comes to me defining myself as disabled. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I say I'm non-disabled, I feel like a, a bit of a wanker who's kind of making things worse for people with disability. Mm. Um, but at the same time, if I say I have a disability, I feel just as wrong. It, yes, yeah, well, because I people... get what you mean. I've been very, I've been very want to disclose that I've ever had Asperger's syndrome for the simple fact that I'm, I'm, I'm right at the very um, high functioning and rather mild end of the autism spectrum. So yeah. I. I don't know, to to kind of say that just kind of takes the attention away from people that really need 
need mm. that attention a lot well, more exactly. yeah. at that, the other yeah. end of the spectrum. Or that it's more noticeable. And it was because of that, uh, a lot of people don't know this, that when I was in year nine, I actually had to get re-diagnosed because I, I denied, I although I was diagnosed when I was five, when I was 15, I denied actually ever having having it mm. for yeah. months. Like, so, so much so that I insisted on getting another diagnosis. Yeah. 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 I mean, and like, I think also, like, I feel a bit weird because, I mean, like, like Alex, I've, people yeah. don't recognise that I'm autistic. If you, yeah. if you met me in person, you probably would have, would have just thought, oh, she's a non, another non-autistic person. Mm. But also, like, I mean, I, I do have to speak to the disability liaison and, you know, mm. at my university because I do not have particularly good motor skills, which is quite common for people on the spectrum, so I need to type all my exams. Mm. And that is the only time I ever need to use mm. the disability liaison unit. Well, mm. l- l- this but is... I still need to use it. Wait, most of my difficulties are now are now my learning difficulties. Mm. Like, yeah, my social difficulties aren't that bad. I, my learning difficulties are my are my main difficulties. But here's but here's the thing: when people when people say if people say to me that that I'm I'm probably not disabled enough by it to really to really consider myself disabled, that's kind of hurtful because I use my social skills used to be terrible. I used to be badly affected by it, but I've I've over, but I've overcome a lot of it over, over the years. And, and if I'm in a situation of serious stress, all the problems I used to have do actually come back, or at least most of them do. I'm going back to the term, mm. um, just terminology kind yeah. of aspects mm. around disability, the term diffability. Mm. I mean, mm. I kind of... I kind of feel a bit of a cringe whenever I say that word. It just—I mm. mean, I guess you could say that most disability is actually a disability. I mean, mm. oh, if we were all living underground and um, there wasn't any light, well, who would care if you're blind? <laughs> yeah. If yeah. we couldn't hear, who would care? Like, if there was just like no sounds, if we we're all living in space, yeah. and there's no no sound in space, then it, it who, who, who would care if you're deaf? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it would make no difference. Or if every building was designed mostly for people with wheelchairs. Then mm, that's no exactly. problem. Like, st- like say, yeah. we never, we didn't have stairs anymore. We all had mm. ramps or escalators. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Exactly. I mm. mean, I think I prefer disability to differently abled because mm. differently abled, kind of for the same reason as special, just sounds mm. very patronising. Most, yeah. mostly because I, I don't think it was uh, someone who had a disability that um, piece of language. Yeah, the coined term, and that's that's kind of the issue mm. with a lot of these with a lot of these. Um, yeah, a lot of this terminology is that it hasn't come from it's you know that, that autonomous source. It hasn't mm. been cre- coined by someone who is actually a, a part of that group. It's someone on the outside. Mm. Um, so and that's I, why it comes across as patronising. And, and I definitely think that currently at this point of time, um, mm. the disability, the wider disability community, which mm. it's kind of mm. a bit odd to say that it's a community because it's really a, a kind of cluster of different communities. Mm. Um, I think they're more more about reclaiming the term disability and saying actually disability does not mean inability mm. it just means you mm. have different abilities and mm. there are things that you can't do and there are things that you oh, can yes. do yeah i mean i'm i'm actually quite happy that um with autism we have the luxury of now being referred to as on the autism spectrum because yes. disability is a very pigeonholing word it, mm. it immediately has a stigma around it, whereas the spectrum, people actually have to find out a bit more about what space you occupy on it. <laughs> well, and yeah. therefore, it's kind of empowering because... Uh, are you, were you going to say something different, Christian? Oh, no, or, no, no. I, I agree with you. So. Mm, mm, definitely. Oh, okay. I, I was about to say, in, technically, everyone's disabled. Nobody can do everything. Exactly. Mm. going to be speaking about the very, very politicised topic. It's a really hardcore topic of terminology. Um mm-hmm. So I talked a little bit about disability and, term, um, you know, saying if autism is a disability or not. But terminology is, is a 
it's a huge can of worms. Mm. Um, so, person, per, per, sorry, person first language versus non-possessive language. So, there's a lot, of, a, a large group of people, generally parents or people who are on the on the autism spectrum, who prefer saying person or someone with autism, whereas a lot of people who are actually autistic do not like this term because it kind of sounds like autism is a thing that you have that is separate to uh, the rest of themselves. So they say autistic person mm, instead. Mm, I know. Well, I can see... Sorry, but did, I, did I cut you off? Oh, I, I was I was just going to say, if, if you... With the person-first terminology, I think if you feel the need to emphasise that it's a person, not you know, like autistic, you're autistic, but you're still a person, it's a bit, it's, it's mm. a bit of a worry because, I mean... This was a great example from a friend of mine made. It, um, she said, um, I'm, a, I'm a woman, I'm not a person with femaleness. Like, if you hear the word woman, you understand, okay, that is also a, a person. Yeah, they're female and they are a person. Um, so I think, you know, if really, if you hear the word autistic, I need to be reminded that if you're, you can be autistic and a person in the same way that, you know, you're an actor, not a person who acts. Mm. Are you an actor exactly. and a person? It's yeah. a bit of a worry. Exactly. Mm. But, and, um, Oh, yeah, it definitely is quite worrying because, um, well, how can you be autistic if you're not a person? I mean, do we have autistic balls? Do we have autistic cats? Well, apparently all cats have Asperger's, but... Yeah, yeah all cats have ADHD. So. Yeah, and, uh, well, here, but here's the thing. It, it, depend, it depends on the situation. Like, for example, when, if, you have, if you have someone who... Everyone has their good sides and their bad sides... But I don't like the because of that. I don't like labeling someone as a horrible person. I'd rather that just label. I'd rather say that that it's a person who does horrible things, mm. or as opposed to a, someone's a great person. I'd say that or a person that, that does good things. When it comes mm. to that, I don't like I don't like labeling people, giving them a tra- giving them a, a trait that defines all of them. If you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but I mean at the same time, I think. I think with that with that person first language, hmm. I mean a lot of the things that I've seen parents on the internet say is like I don't want this to be def- I don't want my child to be defined by this bad thing. Mm. So it's uh. all of that kind of crap, which <laughs> is really really crap. Parents mm. learn your stuff, please. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I do think though it's quite good that we're talking about terminology as a whole because I think it's in this area specifically where people who are not autistic encounter the greatest barrier to being able to relate to people mm. Who, mm. Uh, who are on the autism spectrum, simply because, like, if you're not really sure how to refer to someone mm. there, you can never really be that comfortable around... Like, if you're, if you're always afraid you're two words away from offending them somehow... <laughs> That's mm. that's going to make it, mm. you very like hesitant to even get engaged yeah, it, there. It, oh, it yes. makes the subject a taboo, and it, it mm. also makes conversations you know, so difficult because they're like, oh, you know, because I, I'm wondering. I've heard that you have because I I know some other people who have. So mm. I was wondering, yeah. what's it like to have? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, actually, I don't technically have autism. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not an appendage. <laughs> yes, I'm being really literal here. <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, before the break, we were also talking about um, how the the best way of like um, creating terminology is if the people who um who have the condition actually mm. um, create it themselves. Which is yeah. weird. Um, I'm wondering what you guys think about the term Aspie. Well, mm. I mean, I grew up with that word. Um, my parents would use that word, and mm. but it was created by. Yeah, it uh, was created by, Asp- mm. by Aspies coined, themselves. Do you know who coined the term? I don't think... I think it's kind of quite a lot of urban legend about mm. it, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah. like, 
I mean, I'm, I have personally no problems with it. But if an Aspie or someone who w- could be defined as an Aspie says, actually, I don't want to be... I don't want to be called an Aspie. I want to be called an autistic person instead. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. And also, um, whenever I speak to people who are just generally on the spectrum, I mean, Aspie seems to be very much referring specifically to people who are on the mild end of the spectrum, or yes. the so-called mild end of the spectrum. Yeah. So I, I just generally say autistic people because that means everyone on yes. the spectrum. And well, I first heard it from I first heard it from the person who diagnosed me. I mean, I didn't hear it when I was five, which is when I was diagnosed. I heard it when I was 15, and I just continued using it because it's less of a mouthful. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. mm. I am a person with Asperger's syndrome. I, it's a, little bit too... <laughs> it's well, a good point, though, yeah. Daniel, because I've, um, I've heard people who've... Well, I've seen people spell it Asperger's as in ASP burgers, B-U-R-G-E-R-S. Yeah. We're not so... donkey burgers. <laughs> no, or snake no. burgers. <laughs> yeah. Asp. So, yeah, so mm. that, that could help, I suppose. And also... Aspie sounds like very colloquial, very relaxed way of referring mm. to things. So maybe people might feel like a bit more comfortable mm. just going into that subject um, matter. Almost sounds, yeah. Austra- almost sounds Australian. Yeah. It is a little G'day. bit cutesy. Mm. But at oh, the same yeah. time, I, again, this is for the parents who, who think really, really weird crap. Thankfully, mm. not my parents. <laughs> yes. um, who are like, no, I shall never call my child an Aspie because it's a slur. <laughs> oh, I'm like, I'm oh, sorry. No, no. When do people who are of a community actually create a slur for them? Exactly. Yeah. For themselves. So, yeah. But actually, I mean, in terms of my, my friends and like, like my classmates and um, people like that, it actually did really help them to understand that it's not a heavy, serious thing that always has to be talked about in the mm. most solemn of tones. Like, oh, so it's, it's kind of a fun thing, right? You can kind of, you know, you mm. can talk about it lightly and in an everyday sense. It's mm. just, yeah, as, as you said, Alex, like, if, it's, if, it, you can, if you can refer to it colloquially, then it's not a grave issue. It's, mm. uh, it, it's an everyday thing. Mm. Another is another word which is being used as well as away from um, Aspie is the term "orty." Mm. Yes, I've heard that too. It's a little awkward because it makes autistic people sound very naughty, if you ask me. Orty, <laughs> naughty, orty. Or it, exactly. sounds, or it sounds like they they're all yodelers. I'm an orty. <laughs> really? I didn't. I never thought it's, of that. It almost yeah. sounds like a German brand of car or something. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, it's, yeah. That it just seems das like auto das. Orty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, it seems, it just seems quite like, I would just struggle to pronounce it too, A-U-T-I-E. Mm. Like, it seems just a very awkward way of referring mm. to it. Well, it's funny because, the, well, there, there is actually a person called Peter Orty. Peter uh, A-U-T-I-E. Uh, I don't know if it's spelt that way, but his mm. name is Peter Orty. It is an interesting term, mm. definitely. Mm. Yes. I, 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 don't, I don't mind it, but then again, I wouldn't call myself an Orty. I'm not... I'm not... I mean, I'm probably like either autistic person or Aspie. Mm, like, yeah, yeah I, I'm an Aspie. I'm. I wouldn't. Call, I definitely wouldn't call myself a naughty. Exactly. Yeah, it's just. Um, I don't know. It looks like the, um, the creation of this term was trying to cash in on some of the success of Aspie. Like it's yeah. the same it's length, like a... a few of the similar letters. Hmm. It is I'd... a bit like a, a dull version of Aspie. Hmm. But like because Asp... call it dull. But hmm. because Asperger's syndrome is at the mild end of the autism spectrum. It's it's almost appropriate to reference it colloquially in a way that mm. autism in general is not. Like, we've mm. gone over why it shouldn't be considered a disability, mm. but it also mm. needs to be taken seriously so the people that actually really have their lives affected mm. by it can can get the respect and support that they need. And exactly. Also, you, we talked about Aspie sounding too cutie. Autie's even more cutie, cutie yeah. I found. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's almost cutie. There's just an A instead of a C at the beginning. Mm. <laughs> 
Oh, little, little. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The only off-putting thing is because is it sounds very similar to the word naughty. Yeah. <laughs> Another um, interesting term is um, for usage of the words disease, disorder, or affliction. Oh. This is particularly relevant right now because mm. the Amaze CEO, Fiona Sharkey, recently in a written address to the Amaze um, community. So for people who don't know, Amaze mm. is basically... Um, Oh, uh, autism. autism Victoria. Yeah, so, um... so she said that autism is an affliction. And then she, then she, uh, I mean, soon afterwards that um, address was edited, but she hasn't, I don't think she's actually mm. apologised yet. Yeah, and especially if she's the CEO. I mean, it definitely seems very ignorant, in my mm. opinion. Do we, do we know if uh, Miss Sharkey has, has a, uh, autism or is on the spectrum at all herself. I, I um, doubt it. I'm hmm. going to quickly look that up. Because it, hmm. it seems like the, the kind of thing that would be said by someone who, as you say, Christian, is quite ignorant of um, exactly what, what the condition entails. Hmm. But, yeah, I, I, would, I would never refer to it as a disease or a disability hmm. or a disorder. Oh, really? Um, not, not disorder, even. Um, because, question, yeah. Well, oh, no. well, I think, well, certainly of those three, I think disorder is the better one and, it, and yeah. it's the official one I, would, I, I mean because it just means you know it, it, it's a little bit of a different configure a neurological mm. configuration but sorry Daniel, cut oh, you no, off there. No, no that's all right mm. uh, i was cutting you off in a way but uh no i i don't like the, the term dis- disease but i mean <laughs> oh, if you break the, if you break, the <laughs> break the word up it's just dis-ease mm. but but to be, but when people hear the word to see disease they normally think of something a physical condition that could be that can be cured like yeah they think of something like cancer or exactly. just or just even the cold so and mm. i guess definitely that fuels the very very negative and definitely um very detrimental and hateful um procure movement cure mm. yeah but as you say <laughs> okay. christian probably disorder is the best of them because mm. Mm. People tend to associate um, words like that with their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And disorder, as far as most people know, they'd like to link it to traffic disorders, which are things that, like, they, they might have a, a bit of an impact on you, but mm. they're, they're things that yeah. won't affect you in the long term mm. and, and which like, can, can be ameliorated, essentially. Um, just mm. quickly, I looked it up. Uh, I don't think Fiona Sharkey is actually on the spectrum herself, which is a problem in itself, I think. Mm, yes. I mean, we need autonomy, Um with any, you know, minority disability group. Um, going back to... Yeah, disorder, I think... Um, I remember speaking to Donna Williams about it and she was like, we shouldn't be afraid of that word, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting thing. She was like, anyone can be disordered. Everyone mm-hmm. has stages of their life where where they're not in order. Mm. So, mm. Well, Yeah, but as for the word disease, as I said before, if you do break it up, it it's really nothing harmful. It's just dis-ease. But then Mm. at the same time, it has baggage. Yeah, and I mean the word retarded and retard. Now Uh. they originally just meant slow or to slow something down, but now it's now it's come to be a derogatory term. So Mm. yeah, I'd avoid it. I I remember I got I I remember getting rather upset when I was watching the news and they were talking about the film Mary and Max that was coming out at the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Adam Elliott's one. Yes, and they they refer they said it's a about a guy with Asperger's disease, and I just thought, oh, oh, do your, do say, your yeah, friggin' research. It's Asperger's do syndrome. I mean, yeah. you know, it's... A syndrome is like a nothing. It's just a <laughs> thing. Yes, <laughs> yes, Mary Max, a great film that mm. I didn't like. but oh. yeah. <laughs> It, it might have gotten to the point, just, just trying to bring out this terminology debate, mm. where like autism spectrum disorders, like they're very well recognised. You mm. see them come up in popular culture quite frequently. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, people can start to get quite lazy in mm. referring to them for that reason. Like, oh, we all know what it's about. We don't have to make quite as much of an effort. 
mm-hmm. which is not not the right way to go about it at all. Definitely not. We were talking about terminology. Um, so we just talk, finished talking about um, the terms uh, disease, disorder, affliction, which is quite relevant because of, uh, I think we can call it unfortunate comments by mm. Fiona Sharkey um, yeah. from Amaze, which is really, um, I think we deserve better. Mm. Was that was that at the because I was at the Victorian it was it was, an, it was written the, it was a written yeah. oh, okay. um, thing oh, right. but it, it was changed very soon after but oh, at the same right. time she should have apologized in my opinion mm. Um, mm. but yeah I mean some of the terminology especially I think they they said something about um, the, the genetic causes of autism but instead of using the word causes they said you know if 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 a, a parent has these genes then the child is at oh. risk. Of what? having autism. <gasps> What's the point of at figure- risk? Why do we it's- need to figure out causes? We don't. Uh, it's not. It's not productive. It's not helpful. It's you know just just think. Okay, this child that this person has autism doesn't really matter where it came from unless it's going to help us understand what it actually is. Just focus on what it is yeah, it, and and it sounds and like how to live with it. Yeah, are, exactly. Are we going to try and prevent people from ever being born with it again? That's oh, that's, that's just sick. That's no. a dangerous thing. That's yeah. You know, so that's- and I- it's a dangerous thing. That's um, definitely just being fueled by ignorance mm. which mm. makes things difficult because for people like us who are on the spectrum I mean it's very easy for us to be like you're ignorant get yourself goddamn educated go mm. don't speak to me but at mm. the same time we actually have to educate these people which well, is we why do. we have this show <laughs> yeah well so basically that was just a that's going to be on the promo now isn't it mm. we have to educate people listen to great minds don't think alike on scene <laughs> yes it's like we don't exactly. want to educate you guys we want you to self-educate yourse- yourselves but mm. Mm. We have to educate. <laughs> but just um, yeah. a po- point you were making before, Julia, about the fact that the CEO of Amaze Autism Victoria does not have autism herself. I, I don't it's... believe she does. And that's... that's... Oh, no, oh, but I mean, you know, the, the problem with that, the fact that it puts you... Like, already, there's a lot of ground that you have to catch up if you're not actually on exactly. the spectrum yourself. But at the same time, like, imagine if we had a, I don't know, a Bureau of Women... Mm. Which is, you know, a body that was specifically for people who are who are, were either born women or mm. identify as a woman. So, like mm. a, a male to female transgender person or something. Mm. And instead of having the CEO and organisational people actually being women or identifying as women, it was all run by men. This uh, is essentially what's it's I like. Know. Well, it's I, funny. It's funny you say that because our prime minister appointed himself minister for women. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. essentially, yes, I know. And, I'm not the and, and this is a man who's been believed to have been a misogynist. I believed, I, I say. I believed. Yeah. So in many people's opinions. Oh, yeah. is... Imagine if you went to a you know a, a women's conference as you know, and you're a woman, you thought, okay, I should go to the women's conference because this is obviously for me. But instead, all the speakers are men. All the audience is men, and it's men who are going. Well, what's your experience with women? Well, my wife is a woman. Um, my daughter is female, and mm. I've observed them for quite a number of years. Mm. Um, and I can let me explain to you what it's like to be a woman. My or, crowd of men. Or what? Oh, what's your experience <laughs> with women? Oh, I'm a gynecologist. <laughs> it's anyway. interesting, though, you say observed, though, Christian, mm. because if they're being being like in a separate group, not just. Not just mm. on the autism spectrum, but with any, you can you can often feel like you are being observed mm. by people who would consider themselves normal. Though that's mm. a very difficult word to pin down oh, these definitely. days. <laughs> it's and not, so, yeah. yeah, if if you don't have as as Julia was saying autonomy, mm. then you you can feel like you're, you're being observed, or you're like an experiment that it, that people are being they're carrying out for their own benefit as much as yours. Mm. Which I think goes back to the issue of having a non 
autistic CEO of a mate. <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. I mean, the, the thing with you know, the psychologist work is it's just a lot of it is just guesswork. It's looking at behaviour and guessing at what might be going on inside the mind of the person who's exhibiting that behaviour. But like you know, said, the the uh, I, I reread a report of the psychologist by psychologist of me like ten years ago. I remember that session very very well, and her interpretation of what was going on in my head was frequently very very far off. Because she didn't really ask me how what I was thinking or what I was feeling at all. She just mm. kind of looked at what I was doing and thought, well, oh, yes, That's I different. That's different. Mm. Anyway, um, we mm. just mentioned the word normal a bit, and this is another part of terminology which isn't actually mm. about us. Mm. But um, the term neurotypical, which is a term that just boils my blood. Mm. absolutely hate that word. Mm. Um, Who do you find that word is used by? A lot of the time by Aspies, and then yeah. a lot of the time yeah, by yeah. Um, people who actually think themselves to be neurotypical, which is really, really weird. Like, well, yeah, no, I actually, um, my my mother is a um, a GP, and she gets this um, journal called the Medical Journal of Australia, and in there, one of the writers went to this um, Asperger's conference where all the um, all the speakers there referred who who had Asperger's referred to the people that didn't as neurotypicals it's just as if as if to word. somehow heighten themselves mm. above them uh, intellectually. I mean, <laughs> I mean this is like this is seriously like this is not what we can do in a great minds don't think like. We think mm. that we're equal to people who are non autistic. Mm. Um, we think there mm. shouldn't even be a, a way of comparing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean we're just different but different but equal. And or different not less. Exactly. Yeah. And not more. So. And not more. Just, and different and being able to be integrated together and working together. Like I definitely think um neurotypical is a is a word that definitely creates an us versus them divide. Mm. Is yeah, it just absolutely. the autistic? Yeah. yeah so is, is it just the autistic community that uses the word neurotypical? I think there are other communities that use it a little bit, but mm. I think it was coined by us. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's our kind of evil uh, <laughs> which, is, which is which is where the terminology idea of people creating their own if mm. they have a kind of well. Here's the thing. How can we have an autonomous person who is neurotypical and a group of people who are autonomous, mm. autonomously neurotypical creating that term? Well, guess what? I really doubt that there's anyone who is actually properly neurotypical. Exactly. So there's no autonomy. Or, or, if, or if they are, it's te- it's not the typical because very few people are completely normal. What what, mm. is, what does that mean? I mean, mm. like I understand that it's important to differentiate ourselves mm. and say that our experience is different to what most people experience. Mm. But mm. surely the words um, non-autistic or people who aren't diagnosed with any um, sorry, people who aren't diagnosed <laughs> with any psychological differences or yeah. neurological differences yet, or mm. as my friend would call it, quasi-typical. So mm. you don't know if you're normal yet, but as far as you can tell, you, mm. you seem mm. kind of normal. That's a better term. <laughs> I wonder where this will eventually end up when we finally... Like, you think we'll ever come to a, a final resting state on how to refer to people with autism, how we can refer to ourselves, how... Because the, the ultimate aim here, obviously, is to be able to relate to people and mm-hmm. make sure that terminology isn't a barrier anymore. Mm. Is, is this ever going to be the case, do you think? Hopefully. Uh, I don't know. Uh, call me cynical, but I think there'll there'll always be issues with it. Mm. They, they might change over time, but... Well, never, I don't. When it comes to when it comes to separating separating people, I don't think we're never going to abol- we're never going to abolish national barriers, yeah, or no. or yeah. or hate or into- hate and intolerance. We're never mm. going to be able to get rid of that. So, but you were you were talking before, Daniel, about the the etymology of say 
um, disease. Well, mm. etymology of autism is self-ism. So if we're talking about relating to people, breaking down barriers, well, if, the, the condition was originally named for, you know, m- meaning that, you know, if you had autism, it meant that you were trapped within yourself, yeah, in a bubble, trapped mm. within yourself and had no way you have con- having human contact. Um, you were just in your own little world. So, yeah, mm. it, I just think that that's probably one of the reasons why auti- using the term autism inhibits that uh, relating to other people and that connection. Ooh, it's because of where it's come from. Thank you. Oh, well, it looks pretty good that we've... Uh, tried to figure out the future of this debate. It kind of <laughs> t- ties in because it looks like we have to end the show now. Exactly. Yes. Um, so you remember to like us on Facebook, www.facebook.com.com forward slash Great Minds on Sin. You can follow us on Twitter at Great Minds Sin and Sin is S-Y-N. Um, we, we podcast all of our shows plus special features um, such as interviews for our Sin webpage, which is www.sin.org.au forward slash show forward slash Great Minds. Don't think like separate separated with hyphens. Um, stay tuned to Sin Nation for Unlabeled. Um, you were with... Daniel. Christian. Alex. And Julia. And thank you so much for listening.